0: On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we bring in Ian McLaren of Locked On Boston Bruins to discuss the coaching change for the Bruins. We're going to talk about also the injuries that Boston will be facing for the first few months of the season. And we're also going to talk about relationships that are have been better in Boston from a certain player all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast.
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day.
1: This is Ian McLaren of Locked On Boston Bruins, and I am joined today by Armando Velez from Locked On Florida Panthers. And we are uh, talking about both teams and how they stack up for the 2022 23 NHL regular season, which is just around the corner. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for making both of these podcasts part of your day, everyday uh, Locked On. Panthers, Locked On Bruins, available every day on uh, your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. So please do smash those subscribe buttons so that you never miss a thing. It's crazy to uh, think that training camps begin this week and the Atlantic Division is going to be super interesting once again. And uh, happy to be joined by uh, Armando today to talk about. Uh, the Panthers and the Bruins and uh what should be two top four teams again in the division. Uh do you agree with that, Armando? I,
0: I would I would say I would say so. I know the there's other teams who kind of took a step forward uh with Ottawa in, in the offseason. Detroit is is getting better. Buffalo, there's still a question mark over over them, and Montreal, yeah. it's still a gonna be a long, long, um, uh, still going to be a little bit of a long rebuild for them. It's a four to five year uh, project for them, but uh, there's still a lot of questions about the, what the order could look like in this Mm -hmm. division. And of course, age is a factor as well uh, for, for different teams, very um, based on experience re-signing players who have been around for, for cup runs or so. There's still a lot of questions within this division, even though on paper, what uh, about the the top four on paper, a lot of fans think are going to look the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I actually think Buffalo might surprise some people, but their goaltending, a little questionable. I still think that, yeah, Montreal, bottom of the division for sure, and I'm uh, not too upset about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess... I wanna start talking about the Panthers. Obviously, there was the huge blockbuster trade this summer with uh, Matthew Kachuk coming in, Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Wieger going out. Um, how does the team look after that huge deal? Uh, in my mind, you know, Kachuk, Huberto kind of balance each other out, although they do have different games. Uh, the loss of Uyghur, though, for me is is pretty big for for the Panthers. Uh, what was your overall take on, on that whole uh, blockbuster trade that happened this summer?
0: It, it it was a situation where Uyghur was always going to be seen as the guy who was going to be a rental for the Panthers. And mm-hmm. it's funny because on Friday's episode of the, of Locked on Panthers, we actually kind of spoke about contract for Uyghur in relation to a Boston Bruin of Hampus Lindholm. Elliot Freeman mm. spoke about how his contract could look a little bit like Hampus Lindholm's okay. around like six to 6.5. And then Huberdeau just got paid 10.5. So the, the Panthers were never going to pay both guys. Right. That, that was just the the, the truth. Uh, and combine that, you're, the Panthers would have been over the cap. Uh, Barkovs would have been in his second year of his deal. Uh, you still have the Sergey Bobrovsky contract along with having to pay Spencer Knight next offseason. You still have uh, some RFAs next year on your team in Grigory Denisenko and Alexei Hepaniemi that you need to create a little bit of space for. So it was uh, – the philosophy really is uh, if you can get a guy out a year too early in a year instead of a year too late, Bill Zito is is looking to apply that philosophy for the Panthers and – in order to create more long term flexibility, because if you were to keep those guys, your window would go from would be around like one to two years to try to win a Mm. cup. And of course, there's a possibility that if those contracts don't age well, that the Panthers could plateau. So this is that was a situation so that the Panthers can create more flexibility and 15 million dollars in cap space next year. Uh, Mm -hmm. For the Panthers, it gives them a lot of flexibility long-term and a lot of buyout money, uh, about $6.5 million with Keith Yandel and Scott Darling on their books. A lot of that is going to come off next uh, next season. Right, right. Oh, that's – yeah, I haven't really – I didn't
1: really think of it in those terms. That's really interesting. Um, One thing that I was wondering about as well, a lot of people talk about uh, on the Boston Bruins side of things. I'm sure we'll get into it here in a few minutes. The injuries to Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy, Um, not a lot of people talking about the fact that Anthony Duclair, who was very productive for the Panthers last season, also starting the uh, season on the shelf, uh, how detrimental do you think that that injury will be and other guys who can kind of step up uh, in his absence?
0: It, it's a it's a it creates kind of a ripple effect for the for the panthers uh across the lineup because there's a possibility that if anthony duclair um had not gotten hurt during off-season training he's kind of scheduled maybe to get come back around like january february around the all-star break mm-hmm. um, Ach- achilles injuries are hard to recover from and it all yeah. and it's 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 a mental side of it of it too because of how you take that first step of going across the ice how are you gonna mm-hmm. but of course Anthony Duclair is going to have plenty of of rehab work himself and and skating before he even steps foot on the ice for a game. So in order to get the the mind right, in order for him to get into game speed, uh, I believe that Anthony Duclair is going to work uh, really hard in order to to overcome the mental side of mm. that injury. But of course, your your body is going going to. There's there's so much that you can deny of what your body says to you, but mm-hmm. but of course going out there and and putting in in the work as well. But as far as the ripple effects of the lineup, last year Sam Reinhart mostly played on the third mm-hmm. line with Anton Lindell oh, yeah. and Mason Marchment. Ma- Mason Marchment's out of the picture make mm-hmm. the picture now, so it creates a different different uh, shifts in the lineup. Uh, we could see a Rudolph Rudolph Ballsters who plays on the left wing. Mm-hmm. He could play on the right uh possibly he can play both sides Colin White is a is a is a guy who the Florida Panthers signed in the offseason um struggled with injuries when he was with Ottawa so that uh, a possibility for him to play possibly on the second line along with Sam Bennett and Matthew Kachuk uh, assuming that uh Paul Maurice puts Kachuk on that second line right so and you know you know you never know. I, I don't necessarily I don't hope I don't hope that this is a long term fix for the Panthers Um, as far as putting Patrick Hornquist on the second line. I've seen some projections from uh, different websites saying that they, they that put putting Patrick Hornquist on that second line. And, I, and if they do, I hope that it's only for a little bit, not mm. for not for uh, a good stretch of the season. So we could see a little bit of that. Uh, throughout the season uh, and, and it's not for Florida Panther fans to freak out if they, if they do right. see that, because it's a veteran presence on the team. And sometimes if you need uh, to get a, a, a greasy goal, uh, sometimes you need, sometimes Patrick Hornquist is that, that help for the, for the, Panthers. Right, right. but it creates a little bit of shuffling for the Panthers. Uh, and, and the one thing,
1: last thing I was wondering about is the Bruins Panthers kind of similar in that they have uh, established, veteran goalies paired with guys who are kind of up and coming the next wave of potential star goalies in the NHL now the salary disparity between Linus Omark, Jeremy Swayman and Spencer Knight Sergei Bobrovsky is a little slimmer uh how do you see that uh, pairing working out is it kind of a, a 1A 1B or is is Bobrovsky still the guy how are they bringing Spencer Knight along there
0: it, it, it's the thing about Spencer Knight is uh, he really came he he really came alive mostly throughout the the second part of the season. Really struggled, sent down to the AHL uh, around December, right before the COVID bug hit. Really the entire league and all right. and really the world, but. For for Spencer Knight, he looked a lot better in the in the latter part of the season. Sergei Bobrovsky was the least of the Panthers' problems in the postseason. It was really the lack of mm. uh, scoring on the power play. One for 31 is just not going to cut it Yeesh, for the Panthers. Yeah. And really, uh, the, the three players who were the best uh, for the Panthers, Sergei Bobrovsky, Claude Giroux, and Carter Hagee, those were the three guys. And and none of those players include the, the core three of the Panthers and Barkov, Ekblad, and Huberdeau. Of course, mm. Huberdeau no longer being with the Panthers anymore um the the star players uh were when the lights um when the lights were on the 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 brightest the the main guys were not the ones to shine for for the panthers in the postseason but as far as the goalies i i think i think it's still borowski's net for 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 now i i i do want to see sergey borowski succeed i i do i the cap it is not is not really favorable for the for the panthers of course it 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 really straps them in like what they could really do and a lot of things that people aren't really talking about as far as the trade for matthew kachuk is what if the florida panthers had a goalie around like five uh five million in in, on their on their cap instead of ten right that wouldn't have that wouldn't have influenced the trade as much because you're trying to get some cap relief for the future but uh for a lot of a lot of people also have Spencer Knight as a breakout candidate, even even in fantasy leagues as well. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm thinking, I, I don't think 41 and 41 split is going to be a, um, something for uh, for Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky. I can see something more about like 50 30 around there mm. um, okay. for for or, or 51 31 if you want to be exact with, <laughs> uh, with the game. but but. I, I I can I can see somewhere around there as as Spencer Knight's workload starts to increase and then, um, of course, performance is gonna play a lot into it mm-hmm. as well. But this is this is the time to for Spencer Knight to get a little bit of a of more of a workload to see if he can really handle the an a a, a bigger load and hopefully an eighty-two game um not not exactly eighty-two but more of like a. 50 60 a few years a few years down the line
1: right right very cool all right we're going to um talk a bit about the bruins coming up and then give our projections for uh for our respective teams but first uh just a quick word about BetOnline.net. your number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season you can find all the latest Football developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including uh, next week's games. Uh, BetOnline is also your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the easiest and fastest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Major League Baseball nearing the postseason, MMA, boxing, golf, NHL, NBA right around the corner as well. Head to their website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's talk about the Bruins, Armando. What do I, what do you want to know? I,
0: I, I what I want to know is how how is the how is it received within the fan base on the new direction that they're going with. At, really at, at head coach. I mean, what, one thing that the F- Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins do have in common is they're bringing in new guys. The mm-hmm. Florida Panthers uh, are bringing a guy like Paul Maurice who has 20 plus years of experience with two, di- um, two different teams, three if you count the Hartford Whalers. Uh, and the the Boston Bruins, Don Sweeney made a bold move and in, in a surprising move in firing Bruce Cassidy, of course, later signing with the Vegas Golden Knights we mm-hmm. on lock on panthers talked a little bit about uh bruce Cassidy possibly coming to florida uh and really the boston bruins going into a di- different direction and hiring jim montgomery of course the the end of his stint in dallas didn't end well uh and of course uh, had had a few years being uh, an assistant coach behind craig berube in mm. st louis before eventually getting the job in boston of course a little bit of experience not a ton but what what do you think about the change of direction first of all in 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 that for for the Bruins? Yeah, I mean, at the time, the decision
1: to fire Bruce Cassidy was incredibly unpopular among the fan base. He had been one of the most successful head coaches uh, in the game over the last uh, whatever six seasons that he was in Boston. Uh, you know, they ranked very high in. A lot of important uh, metrics. They had regular season success, made it all the way to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final in 2019. Uh, not as much playoff success lately, which uh, was a strike against him. And uh, the rationale behind the decision was that, in part, he um, perhaps wasn't uh, relating well to some of the younger players. Um, so that didn't go over well, uh, and there was some speculation as to who might be coming in. I think Jim Montgomery, out of everybody who was available, probably one of the more uh, likable, popular decisions that the Bruins could have made. You know, he had his personal issues that caused him to be fired in Dallas. Those seemed to be under control he's in recovery he's got a good support system which is which is great to hear uh he was by all accounts very well liked in st louis i think even david perron when he was uh when montgomery was hired by the bruins tweeted about how uh, good of a coach that they were getting and everybody so far is saying a lot of good things about him so i think there'll be some yeah kind of a fresh perspective Montgomery knows that he doesn't have to come in and kind of reinvent the wheel. The Bruins were a hundred-point team last season. He knows that there's a lot of good pieces in place to succeed. He just kind of has to push the right buttons, and um, I think he's well situated for a good first season uh, with the Boston Bruins. With Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci back in the mix, there's a lot of you know strong leadership there. And uh, so I think once the dust is all settled, again, everybody probably would have been fine with Bruce Cassidy coming back. There wasn't much of an appetite among the fan base for him to be let go. But um, the fact that they were able to bring in Montgomery, I think there is a sense of uh, kind of a maybe a clean slate or just a, a fresh approach to the Bruins. And I think people are...
0: Overall, pretty excited about uh, about the new head coach. Mm-hmm. And Krejci coming back uh, from Czechia. Patrice Bergeron signing a one-year deal, a veteran veteran deal, two point five. Uh, Mr. Selke, uh, and of course the injuries for the Boston Bruins. Of course, Brad Marchand's going to be out for mm-hmm. a little bit. Charlie McAvoy, who we spoke about on lockdown On Panthers just a few months ago about the Panthers possibly trading up back in 2016 mm. uh for Charlie McAvoy but it didn't end up happening the Florida Panthers ended up drafting uh Henrik Borgstrom in in that draft <laughs> and uh Grizzlick uh, will also be missing for mm. the for the Boston Bruins as well. Uh what's the thoughts on the on the injuries and 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 what what what's what are you what are you anticipating the first 2 months of the Boston Bruins season to look like?
1: Yeah, I mean it's going to be uh it's going to be a challenge for sure. Losing uh, Charlie McAvoy, who was in the Norris conversation last year, uh, could have established himself as a finalist this year if he had a full season. Uh, that's That can't be overstated how much they're going to miss him on the back end. Having said that, uh, you mentioned Hepus Lindholm earlier. He's uh, said you know he's used to carrying a heavy load in Anaheim and his presence will certainly uh, be a help. They're a bit thin on the right side, um, so that's going to be a challenge, and it's going to have to be everybody uh, all hands on deck defensively. I think they can maybe absorb Martian's absence a bit more. They brought in Pavel Zaka from the New Jersey Devils, uh, who has a relationship with some Bruins. He's been training in Boston in the offseason for a few years, Already had a place there, was pretty comfortable. He's going to get an opportunity to ride with uh, Bergeron and Jake DeBrusque on the top line. Uh, So if he can pop to begin the season, uh, hopefully there's not a huge drop-off in production. Uh, Really, it's going to be the second line, I think, or the so-called second line that's going to carry these guys to begin the season. Uh, Taylor Hall, David Krejci, David Pasternak, uh, they need to come out you know, guns blazing to begin the season to help carry this team offensively. Thankfully, Marsha and McAvoy, they should be back around uh, the beginning of December. So it's not a half-season loss, per se. They just need to kind of stay afloat in the playoff race, and then once those guys come back, hopefully they can really get it going for when the games matter most. And that's going to be a big test for Jim Montgomery to kind of come in and make sure that there isn't a huge drop-off without those guys and that uh, he can get the most out of the players who are in the lineup. Bergeron Krejci being in the mix, uh, their core leadership guys, and uh, you know they're not coming back to not play in the playoffs, so they're going to be pushing the guys to uh, everybody to raise their game while those guys are out for sure.
0: But still, it is going to be a challenge for sure. There's, there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. And, and looking at the projected lines on daily face off, it's, it's crazy to see that the perfection line, not, not all together on one of course Mm -hmm. injuries and of course spreading the, spreading it out throughout the lineup to create more uh, balance uh, for, for, and also Mm. I, I when you you spoke about earlier with uh, with Bruce Cassidy about maybe a rift in the locker room for young guys, I mean, J, um, Jake DeBrus. Let's talk a little bit about him. I mean, he mm-hmm. he rescinded his trade request right before the trade deadline. They gave him mm-hmm. an extension. They they did him a little bit of a favor. Hey, we're we're still going to give you the money you want, but mm-hmm. still revisit this trade a little bit. Uh, and and for Boston, it, it's great to see that everything as far as that side is a little bit hashed out between management. So maybe a little bit of writing on the wall that it was maybe uh, Jake DeBrus that that, uh, Bruce Cassidy was really having a hard time creating a relationship with.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, definitely part of it. He was one of those guys. You know, he was asked about rescinding the trade request last week, and uh, he kind of – it was kind of a a vague answer he wouldn't really say one way or the other but you know it's it's pretty clear that the decision to replace bruce cassidy played a role in jake debrusque being willing to play out that two year contract extension in boston um, and there was you know jake debrusque he's been very open about uh struggling through COVID-19, not only physically because of the the virus, but also just mentally with isolation and all that kind of stuff. Um, And perhaps Bruce Cassidy's, you know, didn't really have much of a a therapeutic approach to to handling that. Um, I think Trent Frederick was another guy that was kind of afraid to make mistakes out there. He wasn't really sure of his role. Did they want him to... Kind of be more offensive-minded. Do they want them to just hit and throw down every once in a while? Uh, just kind of some mixed messages for some of these younger guys. And, um, yeah, it's going to be up to Jim Montgomery to come in, kind of tell these guys what the role is, what's expected of them, but also kind of do it in a way that's not, not pandering to the players, but maybe a more... Uh, player friendly approach uh, will certainly go a long way to uh, to getting those guys geared up to to
0: uh, succeed under under the new head coach for sure and definitely a new voice has uh has a lot to do with uh, w- with that as well and a, a little mm-hmm. bit of a different uh different confidence possibly going into into the season possibly for for boston mm-hmm. uh, in segment number three we are going to discuss uh, where we think these teams are going to finish. And, what, and on paper, we, we, we see what these uh, rosters look like, but with, with injuries to both teams, maybe we could have some differing opinions here on, on, on this crossover edition. So we're going to talk discuss that next here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Boston Bruins. All right, Ian, finishing out this crossover edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On... Boston Bruins. So, of course, uh Boston finishing in the in the the first wild card uh spot uh before being eliminated in round 1. Mm-hmm. Uh but in of course, injuries I- injuries are are hard to deal with, but they're part of the game. And last year when we were uh, we were discussing during our crossover preseason crossover, you had you your projection was right around right around where the Boston Bruins actually finished. So you got that mm. correct. So Pat, uh, give yourself a little bit of a pat on the back there. But what, what about, what about this time? Uh, it, it's a little bit of a different type of adversity. Of course, we discussed the new coach. We discuss, uh, injuries, but yep. where, where, where are the Boston Bruins going to finish this season for, for you?
1: I mean, it, it's kind of balanced out by, um, having Krejci back adding a guy like Pavel Zaka over Eric Hala, which I think is uh, an improvement. Um, and of course the injuries to begin the season. If the Bruins were fully healthy to begin the season, uh, I'd have maybe higher expectations for them or, or maybe think that they could challenge for one of the three Atlantic Division playoff spots. And I still think it's possible be, because of some questions in Toronto, specifically with goaltending, mm-hmm. uh, I think Tampa could take a step back after having lost uh, a couple guys. Um, there's some questions in Florida even. But I still think the Bruins probably um, like a third place at best in the Atlantic. Uh, probably a wildcard team once again. Um, and yeah, if they had been, if they had Marchand and McAvoy from day one, everybody healthy, I think I would say that they're better than last season um, on paper, anyways. But because of those injuries, you can't discount losing those two guys to begin the season. Uh, so that it could be a struggle to rack up some points early on, and I think that will keep them a bit lower. I'm not too worried about. Ottawa or Detroit catching any of the top four teams in the Atlantic. I still think they're uh, a little ways away. Ottawa has the scoring. I don't see them really having the defense. Uh, And same with Detroit. Uh, They added some goaltending. But offensively, they don't really... They don't really blow me away. So I don't think there's going to be a, a changing of the guard yet this season. There could be some teams in the Metro that that um, challenge for one of these wild-card spots. I can see New Jersey being a bit better. Um, Columbus with Godro, maybe. Uh, the Islanders could sneak up again. So I think it uh, might be a challenge if, in that respect. But, again, I still see the Bruins as kind of a, a playoff team for sure. Uh, probably fourth in the Atlantic once again. I could see them maybe moving up and sneaking into third uh, if there's a big drop-off on one of those other teams. Uh, but I don't see much change um, that way, um, basically. What, what do you think about the Panthers? What are, you, what are your expectations for this team this season?
0: Uh, I think the floor, the floor, the floor of it will be will be uh, fourth uh, for the mm. for the Panthers, but I I think that's very um, unlikely for the Panthers. Um, but I think I, I for me it doesn't matter where where they finish in that top three. They're now in that position where they have made the the um they they are now on a streak of making the playoffs consistently. The, mm. This is their longest streak ever in their franchise's history. So now the 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 players in the locker room, the fan base, it, the mindset is to just try to get in. As long right. as you're in, and then the the rest of the way, try to take care of that in in its own. I mean, Tampa Bay. I mean, even with Tampa Bay, they they didn't have home ice advantage in in any any round
1: mm-hmm. this
0: past postseason, and they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, the, the, that team was a little banged up by the time they got to. To the final and it and it really showed against colorado Mm -hmm. but as long as long as they get in that's really what matters and and just now now they're last year was all about trying to get that number one seed trying to beat uh beat tampa bay trying to get that home ice of course you still want that advantage of take any advantage that you can against your state rival the Mm -hmm. the team that you're trying to get over because now it's two years that they've uh that they've uh beaten florida and um defeating florida kind of in embarrassing fashion uh last uh postseason but really it's just trying to get get in and then take care of things from there of course Mm -hmm. you want the better record um but uh, it's really about a new voice in in paul Maurice as well uh trying to because the inexperience of andrew burnett kind of showed in the most recent Mm. uh postseason and of course uh of course, Paul Maurice doesn't have the best track record with uh with uh post-se- being in the postseason and succeeding only one Stanley Cup final appearance, but there's right. that stretch before before Winnipeg fell off uh just just uh just recently that he was making the postseason cons- mm-hmm. um, in consecutive years, including a few uh, points off of a of a Presidents' Trophy behind the year Nashville won it. and, right, right. and getting to the um Western Conference final. Um against Vegas, uh, as well. So there's still, there, there's still room to grow and there's still room for the, the, this, uh, Panthers team to really receive Paul Maurice's message and just to, mm-hmm. to take it from there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, home ice advantage, look at the Toronto Tampa series last year. didn't really work out for the Maple Leafs, uh, in hilarious fashion once again. <laughs> so it's just all about getting there. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see how the Atlantic Division is going to play out. What do you think about the the Ottawas, the Detroits? Do you think they have what it takes to to be playoff teams, or do you think it's still going to be a pretty clear divide among the the top and bottom four in the Atlantic?
0: It's crazy because last last year the the difference between the fourth place team and the fifth place team was about mm. maybe like thirty points around yeah. there. So I, know, was, I think it's gonna be a lot. Uh, I think it's gonna be a lot closer to make up that. Think about think about how many points uh, you gotta make make up for that, and how many yeah. games you need to win um, versus other teams losing. That's yeah. sixteen. That's sixteen games. Yeah. Either eight more that one uh, wins or eight more that the other one loses. Though, that you that, that one team would have to make up. So i think it's going to be more around the 15 uh point uh difference between the two uh, yeah. i like of course the we florida panther fans are very familiar with claude drew half a season yeah. in, in florida now of course really going going back home uh to ontario and of course their trade for alex to break it there's a lot of exciting things to for for ottawa in their future and of course they're going to sure. get a new arena in downtown in mm-hmm. a better location at least yeah. that's what that's what that's what they're trying to do. So that it's encouraging uh, for for that fa- um, fan base in Ottawa, and I would be I would be encouraged too. Uh, Detroit, of course, more more of their prospects are starting to come into the mix uh, mm-hmm. and and starting to join the, the NHL team, and there's going to be a lot of excitement even in Grand Rapids uh, for for them. But of course, mm-hmm. the inexperience uh, ha- uh, it it as well uh, playing on a playoff level and even and on the NHL every every night. You know, I, I don't know if I don't know if Detroit is this is the year for Detroit. And of course, for for and of course, for the wild wild card, you talked about for Boston, um, about New Jersey and Columbus uh, mm. challenging them. New Jersey really is the question and goal. Is McKenzie yeah. Blackwood going to be able to, to bounce back uh, this season? Um, and uh, they got uh, the Vitek Vanacek uh, who played in the first two games for the Washington Capitals before he was pulled. Uh, All right. In favor of Ilya Samsonov. So, what's the question? in Goaltending, of course. You got mm-hmm. two great centers in Jack Hughes and Nico Heger there, and of, and of course, Columbus Patrick Lane, who w- when the Florida Panthers played him the last time, he was just on a big uh, goal scoring streak, so he yeah. can score with the best yeah, with, with uh, Johnny Gaudreau as well. So, those are the those are the teams that I could see really challenging uh, for for that on, on the Metro yeah. side. Don't know don't know necessarily how the islanders are are gonna, are yeah. gonna look with their lack of moves uh th- this this off season as well washington's getting a little older uh don't yep. know they got better in goal though um mm-hmm. but they got they're still a little bit of an older squad so really gonna be a lot of uh it I, I think it's gonna be come down to really uh I don't think it's gonna be that everyone clinches within like a week or two b- before right I think it's gonna come down possibly to the last game or two of the season Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm excited it's gonna be
1: uh it's gonna be very interesting to see the eastern conference how it shakes out and uh hopefully uh we can connect at some point again throughout the season uh where can people find uh locked on florida panthers where can people find you on uh social media Armando?
0: All right, for the people watching on the YouTube feed, of course you could see it right. Hold, hold on, let me point it right here. <laughs> Lo underscore FLA Panthers, and then of course under my name, you could you see Mondo Man Twelve. You could follow me there on on Twitter. Uh, you, it, it's a, it's some good times here in uh, South Florida with mm-hmm. uh, the the Panthers being two and zero in their prospect tournament um, as they're as they're about to face off the Nashville Predators and to finish hopefully go three and zero. And of course, uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, being two and zero. Of course, uh, the Bruins feed. Is, there's a lot of Patriot fans there, so it, it's going good here in in South Florida uh, right now uh, d- during uh, South Florida. And we have um, South Florida also has the Cy Young Award, uh, likely Cy Young Award winner in baseball, in Sandy Alcantara. So good times here in South Florida. Life You'll see good. a lot of uh, the, those uh, those tweets there from from myself uh, speaking about those, but. For my listeners, uh, tell everybody where they can find you online.
1: I'm at uh, Locked NHL Bruins for the for the podcast. People can find me at Ian C McLaren and uh, search at Locked On Boston Bruins in your podcast app and on YouTube to subscribe there. And I must say to close, I'm in a big uh, Miami state of mind too because I've been binge watching uh, Ballers uh, on HBO lately so I'm uh, really enjoying that show so it's uh, just feeling Miami a lot these days <laughs> <That's> <laughs> anyways all. just want to remind people that the Locked On NHL podcast is ready and waiting for your second listen Locked On experts give you a daily 30 minute update on all things NHL all year long stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Thanks again for making Locked On Panthers, Locked On Bruins, part of your day every day. And uh, Armando and I will talk to you all on our respective uh, shows again uh, tomorrow.
0: Thanks, Armando. Thank you, Ian.
1: Take care, man.